Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to this podcast starting moi. Today I'll be talking about none other than Emily du Chatelet. For all the French speakers, I'm trying, and I will continuously to try. I could honestly go full blown Brad Pitt and Inglorious Bastards speaking Italian and saying shit like Gracie, but I won't. And honestly, now that I think about it, probably no one's caring about how I pronounce things, even though I'm trying. Or they just don't care because I'm trying. Or they just want me to continue on and not go on to side rants. But here I am doing it. Let's just get on, shall we? I'm Lurie Donaletti, and I like to talk about boss dembes because why the fuck not? Du Châtelet, born in France 1706, was a scientist and a mathematician who, according to her father, was not pretty enough, and that worried him. He actually had some pretty asshole things to say about that, such as, Were not for the low opinion I hold of several bishops, I would prepare her for a religious life and let her hide in a convent. She stands as tall as a girl twice her years. She has prodigious strength like that of a woodcutter and is clumsy beyond belief her feet are huge but one forgets them the moment one notices her enormous hands her skin at last is as rough as a nutmeg grater and altogether she is as ugly as Gasson peasant recruit in the royal foot guards now i don't know what most of that means but like ouch ouch I mean, I guess I just don't know what the last aspect of it means, but like, ouch, who talks that way? Or who says that shit about their daughter? But then, am I surprised? No, not really. But I like to talk about my emotions, so here we are. Emily spoke six languages by the time she was 12. She was an extremely fascinating woman, and her curiosity was what got her into math and science. But her mother was not okay with the fact that her daughter was fascinated by such a thing. Only men were supposed to be fascinated by that. Not women. <laughs> the audacity, Emily. If it wasn't for her father's capability to see the potential that Emily had, she would have been sent away to convent. Fucking a vomit. Her mother had had convent edu- school education and wanted to train her kids by those basics. There are actually some rules that they had to follow in the household. And here are some of these rules. Number one, do not blow your nose on the napkin. Okay, so I'm assuming that this is at the dinner table. But either way, if it's just because it's a napkin versus a handkerchief, but like, I'm just going to side rant. Don't fucking blow your nose at the dinner table or at any table or when anyone's eating. It's gross. Why are you blowing your nose? You got to blow your nose, get up and go to the bathroom and blow it. I don't want to hear that nasty while I'm eating something. I just gotta say. Rule number two. Break your bread, do not cut it. I just have to say I always broke my bread and my parents did not like that. They always wanted me to cut it. Why do I have to go get a knife and cut it and then do that and then I get the knife dirty and it's just like so much work. I have clean hands. Might as well break it. Rule number three. Always smash an eggshell when you have eaten the egg. That sounds like a Hulk-style smash. Like, who does that? I don't. Is there a reason behind this? 
Rule number four, never comb your hair in church. Her father went on to encourage her and pursue her curiosity. What a man. Not really, because he was an asshole. He said those asshole things about his daughter. Yikes. I mean, let's talk about that fact. Her brains were her beauty. I've already been in love with her. This babe was also a klutz. Same here. I'm a huge klutz. Sometimes I'm like, how did I become a chemist without burning down the whole lab? Okay, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm so joking. I am not that big of a klutz, but I do trip on air sometimes, but I'm very careful in lab. I just need to throw that out. I just, I need to throw that out. I'm joking. It's a joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> but because she was a klutz, she went on to doing horseback riding. I don't know how this has to do with how clumsy anyone is, but maybe I should have done that. Also, a new skill to learn? That would have been awesome. With that said, this babe was actually able to get married at the age of 18. She wanted someone with a similar social class to that of her father, but she ended up with someone at a higher social ranking than him. Also, he was older than her, 33 to be exact. The reason as to why she wanted a man that was way older than her was because she believed that there would have been a greater possibility of them not getting in her way of her studies. <laughs> and she was fucking right. And the fact that he loved having an intelligent wife. They were kind of meant to be in this aspect of husband and wife. What a pair. He was hardly ever home and literally he would be gone for months. So this made her happy. The two had two sons and two daughters, one of which ended up dying in the summer of 1734. Emily was known to be a social butterfly, and this did not get in the way of her studies. She knew how to balance the two. Not only that, but telling her no was definitely not an option, because she went out of her way to get what she wanted. For instance, she was a female in an extremely, extremely, extremely male-dominated area. So... Whenever they would hold meetings for scientists, they would not allow her in. This did not sit well with her. What she ended up doing was uh, she dressed up as a man and got into the meetings. <laughs> According to her friend Voltaire, she was a great man whose only fault was being a woman. Oh, what a lovely quote. Am I right? <laughs> no. But on that note, let's talk about Voltaire, shall we? Because he was a huge aspect into Emily's life. At the age of 26, Emily became close to a French writer by the name of Voltaire. He wasn't only interested in writing, but also math, business, and science. Look at that. He and Emily have two things in common. Not only that, but he was in trouble with the law. Because he wrote about King Louis XV that seemed to have offended said king. Also, he would constantly write satirical attacks on politics and religion. I would have fallen for this man as well. And of course, this landed him in prison in Bastille. For about a year. Thanks History Channel for this info. This man was by her side through thick and thin best buddies, and lovers until the day she died. Voltaire moved in with Emily in northeastern France, a place called Surrey. While there, he used his own money to renovate the estate, which Emily quickly decided to take charge. 
a girl has power, what can you say? They created a hallway in which they store their scientific equipment. Okay, quick question. I want this. I want to have a place where I can just have like a mini legal lab. Backtrack. I want to have enough money to do that. Is that legal? Is that happening? Can I do that or do I have to go to a building? Can I just like have a lab for fun and not use it? I don't know. So many questions. I just, I just really want a lab. Emily spent many years in her estate with her children. She barely saw her husband, but that's what she wanted. After having kids, she felt as if her duties as a wife were finished and she could focus on her studies. While she was in her studies, she wrote the Institutions de Physique, which included work from Leibniz. So Leibniz developed the present-day notation for differential integral calculus, though he never thought of the derivatives as a limit. Learn that from math history. Okay, but let's talk about a woman doing this aspect because she must have stolen all that information from a man, right? There's no way a woman could have wrote anything like that. <laughs> Say hello to Sir Douche Koenig, who was one of her tutors and said that she got all those ideas from him, that it was taught in their lessons. Of course, Emily basically said, fuck that, I'm going to fight you on this, and did. Not literally, though. Definitely been a story to tell. She had to prove that he was lying. A fucking course she did. Even though she had other respectable scientists on her side, she felt as if Sir Douche's claims were already approved or accepted by the scientific community. It wasn't until after her death that the letters were found to prove that she was obviously telling the truth. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? You know, it kind of sounds like, well, I'm just going to give you a hint. It has to do with the DNA and how Watson and Crick stole Rosalind Franklin's data, but also every other male who are saying that no, it's not stealing because it's not credited, is okay, so then it's not really her aspect or her data or her information that they took it from. Men. I swear. Okay, I just also want to get back to this. I want to get back to the part where she dressed up as a man. She did this to get into any science conference. Because, first of all, everyone knew how very open she was towards math and science, and also her capabilities between the two. So, when her and Voltaire were going to submit an essay based off a nature of a diffusion of fire... They had some different thoughts about it. And Emily still wanted to submit an essay. So what she ended up doing was she submitted it under a different name. Neither of them won, but they both got honorable mentions. When this happened, everyone was very confused as to how she submitted it. And that's when they realized that she went under a different name. And I'm assuming was more of a male's name. After 10 years, Emily and Voltaire separated. Emily enjoyed the life of parties and gambling. This woman had a different aspect of her. She knew what to talk about whenever she talked to someone. And what I mean is that she would not talk about physics or math or anything science when she was at parties in France or in Paris. But when she wasn't at these gatherings or parties and whatnot, and she was with other scientists and mathematicians, she knew not to talk to them about 
dresses and makeup and jewelry and all that stuff. So she knew how to balance both lives. But here's the thing. This woman was so adventurous and she enjoyed every aspect of the Paris life. But she also lost 84,000 francs. Some of that which was borrowed from other people. (sighs) This is kind of a wake-up call for her. Because she then left the Paris party life and had to find a way to repay her debt. Okay, so this is how she ended up doing it. She knew that those who collected taxes needed organization as well as money. She would pay them the right to get the money that they will then acquire in the future, but at a low price. With the money that she bought, she would then repay those that she owed. So that's how she ended up owing people that she owed money to. Later in that same year of 1748, she had an affair with a poet by the name of Jean... Okay. Jean-Francois de Saint-Lambert. I think I pronounced that correctly. But she ended up getting pregnant. During the pregnancy, she feared that because of her age, she wouldn't make it out alive. Of course, this did not stop her from her studies. She went back to Paris to write the France translations of Newton's famous work on principle of mathematics. She also added her own commentary on it. She was in Paris for about five months before Voltaire took her to Luneville so she could get medical treatment for her pregnancy. But this didn't save her. Three months later, she gave birth and passed away from pulmonary embolism. Soon after, her daughter had passed away as well. Voltaire's world has shattered that day. He loved her so much and saw her as an inspiration. I mean, who wouldn't? During her short life that ended at the age of 43, she became an inspiration. She was a woman who had many gifts and people knew this of her. They were intrigued by those gifts and that was rightfully earned. She was one of the many women in math that her contributions were part of what helped shape the math world. Her accomplishments. During her life, Emily was able to have many of them. We can also still pay attention to the fact that women who wanted to seek an education was not really a big thing at the time. The only women that could go to school were those of noble life, which were not many, and Emily knew this. Emily was in full support of girls getting that education. But... (laughs) With that said, those women who were able to get that education were still ridiculed. They were ridiculed because they were women who had an education. Women were not supposed to have an education. They were supposed to be wives and mothers, and that's about it. They're not supposed to go out and talk about math or physics or read or do this or learn music. They're not supposed to do any of that. No matter what, women can never win. But with that said... She was the first woman in about a thousand years to talk about physics, for instance. She was able to be an influence to other women who wanted an education. She worked on a manuscript called Foundations of Physics, which talked about the philosophical basis of science. 
Her and Voltaire wrote a book called Elements of Newton's Philosophy. And of course, her translation and commentary of Newton's Principle. Even though her death was indeed tragic, she was able to leave a huge part of her for history alone. Once again, to those boss STEM babes out there, please keep going. It is a hard path, and I won't tell you otherwise, but the end is truly something beautiful. I hope you enjoyed this story about Emily du Chatelet. Next time, I will talk about Maria Gaetana Anisi. Italian. <laughs> I'm Lyra Donaletti, and I like to talk about Boston Bays because why the fuck not? Thank you.